It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and delighted to welcome back Chris Watson from his holiday. Hi, uh, great to be here. Nice time in Lisbon, Chris? It was wonderful. Yeah? I wish I was still there. Nothing like the, the sunny climes of Derbyshire, though, no? I think it was a little bit warmer and a little bit sunnier, but um, delighted to be back here, obviously. Yeah, and... Uh, Obviously missed, missed a lovely trip to Cardiff. And Brentford. And Brentford. Actually, yeah, did you sort of tie that in well? The trips to Cardiff and Brentford, coincidentally, you were away for that week? It was, it was entirely a coincidence. <laughs> uh, yes, the, uh, it was booked before the fixtures came out, so... Don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about, uh, about Cardiff, Steve. Uh, a nil-nil draw away to the, the league leaders. What did you think of the game? Uh, yeah, I wonder if we're going to talk about predictions first. Uh, my prediction to you for the Cardiff game, everyone seemed to think Derby would would uh, would lose. Lots of people feared for them. They did. But the experienced head told you and told <laughs> others who wanted to listen that uh, I really, I really fancied them to get something out of the game, and 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 when you which s- is true, isn't it? When you say that you fancied them to get something out of yeah. the game, you you said. You, from the from the minute that I saw you in that morning, you said, "Oh, I've got a feeling about." This. Yes, all and the way down there, I kept saying that, didn't I? Yes, you did. But you also said that you thought Derby would win. No, I said they could win, and actually, they actually probably should have won at the end. You know, no, David David Newton had a good chance at the end, and you know, for a striker of his experience, you know, in that situation, mm. he knows you. If you shoot low, the keeper can't keep it out from mm. from that distance. It's in. He, he just can't react. He's hit it at a decent height for the keeper, even though it was a very good save. So, no, Derby finished the game strongly, and uh, in many ways, you know, that's the key to away games: is see what the home side has got. In this case, Cardiff had a lot of huff and puff, and they were very strong and all that, but they didn't have a lot of guile about them. And uh, stay in the game, gradually frustrate the home fans, and uh, and then gradually create one or two, two or three moments. That's all you need in away mm. games. Defend well, create one or two, two or three moments, opportunities, and take one. And it almost worked for them. It almost worked for them. So, but no, they came out of it with, with a draw, which, uh, in the great scheme of things, is a very, very good result against the leaders. But the, the, the problem with the result also is that you know it means Derby still haven't, haven't won in five matches now, and they've only won one of the last seven. So all the results kind of add to the factor, if you like. Mm. But... Uh, in isolation, you know, uh, it was a good point. Looking sort of obviously more at the, the positive side of things, you mentioned about that defensive solidity. Um, you know, Cardiff have got two tricky wingers, one big striker, uh, and bar probably the opening five ten minutes, they were pretty ineffective, weren't they? Yeah, it was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because, as you say, the first few minutes, Kenneth uh, uh, Sahor uh, got the better of Curtis Davis. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Mendes Lang kind of turned Craig Forsyth inside out uh, with a with a mazy dangerous run, and you thought, well, if this continues, mm. we've got a bit of a problem. But Curtis Davis 
I thought had the better of uh, Zahor from that moment onwards. I don't think he gave him too much of a kick, mm. to be honest. I thought Curtis Davis was probably Derby's man of the match. And uh, Craig Forsyth, after a shaky first half, uh, I thought actually improved second half. And uh, he went within a whisker, of course, of scoring for Derby when his, uh, what he'll say was a, a, a <laughs> deliberate strike to the far post top corner, brackets cross, uh, hit the inside of the post and came out. So, no, I thought uh, I thought Davis was very good, mm. and uh, I thought Derby defensively were, were good. They were brave. They were solid. They were well organised. It wasn't a great first half. In fact, it was a turgid first yeah. half. Let's be honest about it. it was, there was very little quality. Uh, too many breaks in play. Uh, heard the referee's whistle too often. Too much arguing, debating of decisions. Oh, which, us. which oh. no, that's, that was in the car. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it annoys me the the kind of debating of every decision. I find that a little tedious, to be honest, because decisions are decisions. You're going to get some for you. You're going to get some against you. He did make some strange decisions, but you know, I said always before, I I, I don't very often criticise referees because it's not a job I want to do. Mm. Forsyth certainly let uh, Mendes Lang know that he was in a game after about 30 seconds when he, he sort of wiped him out on the touchline. He almost was sat with us, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> Craig put him into touch and uh, probably a bit fortunate not to pick a booking actually because uh, yeah. it, it, it was you know it was a clear, clear foul. Sometimes though, you know, you almost have to say, right, this is, this is you know, I'm here. Yeah. You're not going to have an easy afternoon. So From the era that I was growing up with football, you know, that happened every mm-hmm. week. And you could do that three or four times or four or five times before even the ref would have a quiet word in your ear. I mean, that's changed now, of course. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with defenders letting the you know the the, the player they're marking letting them know they're they're in for a tough afternoon. Mm. Um, so one man who, who didn't start, he came on half time. Chris Martin, um, always well spoken about among Derby County supporters. He, he changed the game, didn't he? Yeah, he did, he did. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think what what he did was the system that, that they've been playing. What he did was provide the type of focal point that system needs to work. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. So it was more about that than maybe some of the things he did. He he, he just added presence up there. I felt a bit for Sam Winnell. Uh, it's interesting. I spoke to Gary out after the game, and Sam Winnell deserved to start again. You know, there's no argument about that. But, but I think Gary Rowett had it in his mind that it might tactically might not be the right mm. game for him, and he was right up against two very strong centre backs, you know, and, and and also with Bamba stood in front of him, so he was in he was caught in the middle of that kind of physical triangle, and it's difficult for him, very difficult, and and it was no surprise at half time that 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 he was substituted. Uh, what it was good to see was Gary Rowett make a change at half time because I, I criticised. The fact that Bristol City, you remember Chris at Bristol City, and I said at half time, he needs to make a change now, and, and he didn't. So it was good to see him make that early change. And, and Chris Martin came on, and Chris does what he does well. He buys a couple of free kicks cleverly, and that's all part of the game. It's all part of being a striker. And uh, and he, he then started to bring players into, into play, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it helped Tom Lawrence. Uh, who suddenly started to look a threat second half, I thought, you know, on the counter. And, 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 and Chris helped them do that. So I thought, yeah, his impact was good. And, and it's really up to Chris, mm. you know. Uh, Gary Rowett's laid down the challenge to him. He says, you know, make me pick you. That's the idea. And uh, I, I just don't think being to substitute suits Chris. 
it, some players find it difficult. You know, some players have to be in the team playing week in, week out to blossom. Craig Bryson's another one, I think Chris wasn't he? He often said when he's kind of in and out the side, he never gets into a rhythm. And I think Chris Martin's the same. So it's going to be fascinating to see if he starts the next game. I was going to say to you, Steve, would you ideally have a front man leading the line every week? Would that be the preference? Is it is it a concern that, that we're kind of flitting around I think you're right. with different different combinations? It, it is at this stage. I understand why he's still searching for the, for that team or that formation. I still think he's a bit torn on formations as well. But if you're going to play what used to be the 4-3-3, it's now a 4-2-3-1, as you know. And we've seen Chris Martin be very important for Derby as that focal point. I don't think it suits David Nugent. He's a slightly different striker. I think Winnell showed he's a slightly different striker than that. Vidra can't play it. We've seen that before. He's better with a striker. So I still think Chris Martin is the best man at the club to fill that role if you're going to stick with a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. Uh, I've kind of edged away. I mean, it's not fashionable to talk about 4-4-2 anymore, it seems. I was going to ask, yeah. would either of you play well, that, Yeah, I've edged away from it for, for reasons. It's never really suited Derby, but that's because the mid, they could never get a balanced mm. midfield four uh, in the past that, that actually functions properly. But I'm just wondering whether... You know, we should kind of bring it back in trend. I think a strong four-four-two would do well in the championship. It's, I mean, as you say, it totally depends on the personnel, and you wonder if you know now they've got someone like Joe Ledley in. We've seen Joe Ledley and Tom Huddleston. I mean, that gives you a bit more solidity um, in the middle because in the past we've seen Derby play it and they've just been overrun. Well, we, they've played it with Park. Will and Bryce or yeah. Jeff Hendrick, and, and they have been overrunning there. And I think you're right, the Joe Ledley factor. And even if George Thorne came back, uh, uh, when he's ready to come back, mm. uh, but the Joe Ledley factor helps out. But it is that that midfield four, and also that the wide midfielders in that is very important because, again, Derby almost played it with two wingers at times, yeah. and you felt for the fullbacks. And I think maybe you know if you look, you Bradley Johnson on one side, of course. Yeah, Bradley Johnson to the left of that, mm. you know, and then Tom Johnson Lawrence maybe to the right, and then suddenly you've got a partnership up front rather than the focal point we're talking about with Chris Martin suddenly Vidra comes into play Nugent comes into play Winnell comes into play so yeah it's uh, I don't know I just I'm just kind of edging back that way at the moment having said that having shipped a few goals away from home and now come back with a couple of draws the manager might argue well you know, it, it, it's it's worked to an extent. So 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 why change it? And and, and that's what he said, didn't he? Because he, after we watched them at Sheffield United and watched them at Bristol City, he did say something had to change on the road. And 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 he's admitted to the fact he's been they've gambled a little bit in the last two games on the road with what they've tried to do. Mm-hmm. It could have backfired. I mean, it looked like he probably should have done at Brentford, really, given the, the amount of game that Brentford enjoyed. But he has gambled a little bit. Uh, I still don't think it looks completely right, but he, as Chris says, he'll he'll say, "Well, I've come away with two away points, and that, actually they were four minutes away from winning at uh, Brentford, and actually should, probably should have won late on at uh, at Cardiff." Well, I thought certainly when uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Martin and, and David Nugent were at top together at Cardiff. I know it's the end of the game, and substitutes can always look better when it's fresh legs, etc. But I thought that it, it looked like it was working. You know, it was those two who linked up well. For, for Nugent's chance so I mean it could be something going forward it is I mean 
it's obviously not rocket science. If you put two strikers up, it's going to make it more difficult, isn't it, mm. for, for the defenders? If you put one striker up there, the two centre-backs will probably look at it and think, well, but we, we should really be able to master this. And, and uh, you know, someone like Chris Martin, who's got no real pace to run behind defenders, they'll know that, so they can squeeze up tight to him. Someone like Winnell, they'll know he can probably turn you know, and, and, and run round them. So what they do, they make it a physical thing and make sure anything into him doesn't really get to him because they can pre- can press him and put pressure on him. But yeah, with with two up, you know, it, it certainly gives gives them more options. Or, or one just off one, which we're talking about, like a four four one one, if you like mm-hmm. that type of thing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Bradley Johnson actually might be one of the key parts of this because he's they've got. A, it looks like Gary Rout wants to find a place for Bradley Johnson. You know, he's tried to he tried him in this kind of role behind the striker, which I don't think I don't think works. But on the left of a of a four, I don't know, it might well suit him. You mentioned about uh, Joe Ledley. Obviously, the last time that we spoke was Monday. Uh, yeah, last Monday he signed. He had yet to play for Derby County. Uh, you've seen him twice now: the 70, 80 minutes at Brentford, and then the full ninety at Cardiff. Uh, just as a side note, good to see the Cardiff fans give him such a, a oh, nice yeah, reception nice. on the way back. Yeah, it's nice. and, 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 and right as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you think he's done? Uh, first of all, I think he's done well to get through the minutes he's played, mm. given he hadn't played a league game since January, I think, with, with Palace. Mm. So he's done well to, to his fitness levels, has, has done well to get through that. Uh, you can see his experience. Uh, I thought at Brentford what was what was fascinating was to see him pop up in the opponent's area and score a header after 15 minutes. I think we all expect him to come in and, and not move very far. And uh, but as he as he told us, you know, uh, Palace used him very much as a holding midfielder. Whereas at Cardiff and Celtic previously he'd been a bit more of a marauder really and, and wanted to score goals. So it was interesting to see him do that. Uh, I thought what he helped Derby do better at Cardiff than at Brentford was when they did get the ball I thought they used it better I thought he helped with that they, they used it him and Tom Huddleston used it better were more sensible uh, with how they used possession uh, and I just thought he's you can see his know-how I think that's the important thing and we now know who are the two central midfield players when they line up you know and uh I think that know-how, that experience, is is going to be very useful. And as he showed at Brentford, you know, if he, if he's capable of just nicking forward and getting a goal now and again, that'll be very welcome. You looking forward to uh, seeing him in action, Chris? Yes, yeah. Um, obviously, haven't seen the last uh, two games, but I think just adding to to what Steve's saying, it, it, sort of player like that can just bring a bit of calm to the whole uh, the whole team, really. Um, mm. If you know that that person's in there and the experience they've got and the number of games they played, and you can just sort of rely on them, that's obviously making a very, a very general point. But, um, but yeah, well, um, obviously the next game is uh, after the international break uh, against the Forest. That'd be a, yeah. that'd be one to to make himself an instant fans' favourite yeah. if he could uh, pop up and do well there. Although, of course, he's he's away with uh, with Wales before yeah. that, and they've got two. Very important games, yeah. which I think what would be interesting against Forest is that Chris remembers, like I do, that I think it was George Thorne, wasn't it, who came in against Forest when John Eustace was suspended. That's right. And George made a massive impact straight away. 
and 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 didn't lose his place after that. And uh, I think I think having someone like Joe Ledley in that time, I mean, he's played in some big games. Mm. I think we tend to forget that. You know, is it Joe Ledley, Palace? You know, Cardiff, That's Celtic. Good. You know, big games with Celtic. Wales. But for Wales, has played some mm. very big games. Uh, so you know, I think that type of player in the you know, I think uh, I think will be very helpful. One quick one on Bradley Johnson, obviously tying in with the Forest game, is a game that he'll miss. Uh, picked up five yellow cards already this Too many, season. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous many. I don't, I don't, you know, I, if I was a manager, I'd be having a word with him uh, about that because, you know, five bookings in, in 10 league games. And I think, having seen all the bookings, I think Bradley gets involved in things he doesn't need to get involved with. You know, there's absolutely no no need. Uh, we saw the one at, uh, at Brentford, a bit of a scuffle on the touchline. wasn't involved in him straight away. Got involved. You know, you're not going to get away with things like that. Uh, a little bit unfortunate with the one at Cardiff, I thought uh, late on, but but it seemed to go on forever that booking. Yeah, and it seemed as though Bradley was having his say in that. And I don't think you you just just walk away. Mm. You know, it, Bradley Johnson's no good to Derby sat in the stand. And that's what you know managers have always told me in the past. Players are no good if they're sat and stand suspended, mm. you know. So kind of walk away from those situations and 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 stay available to be selected. I remember last season he was on nine bookings yeah. for a long time. He was one booking away from too much ban, and I can't remember how many games it was, but he went he went a number of games without getting a booking, which shows that he, he, he can was do, aware yeah, of it yeah, and yeah. he knew how important it was. Yeah. So it shows he can do it, and you wonder whether this might act as a bit of a lesson because he's going to miss the Forest game now and I'm sure he'll be, he'll be pretty gutted yeah. about that. It's a good point. We remember that last season. We thought there's no way he was going to survive so many games without getting a 10th booking. But he did. So as Chris says, you know, quite clearly he can mm. control that right and walk in. away. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he did. Yeah. So yeah, if it's a lesson then then, then good. Hopefully he'll be, live from it. And he'll be a miss for them as well because he's been... He's been He's been one of the, probably one of the first names on the team. Yeah, he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been he's been regular, and uh, you know he, he, his form is up and down at times, but but quite clearly, Guy uh, thinks he's a, an important player. Mm. Well, I mean, he showed what he can do against Hull, didn't he? Yeah, and, uh, yeah he's got he's, he's got, got goals he, in him. He has got goals important. in him. I think I think the key for Bradley and the key for Derby is to find that role that suits him best, and 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 I still think. Kind of searching for that at the moment, uh, but there's no doubt that, that Guy Wright thinks it's important. Mm. So let's touch on the the Brentford game then uh, last Tuesday. A nice long trip for you midweek. Was that on your own in the car? I think we spoke about <laughs> midweek games away from home. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, not 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 for me particularly, but I don't think it's fair on supporters certainly to make that type of trip. You know, mm. you're getting back about two o'clock in the morning and that type of thing. You got work next day and all that. I mean, I, I don't think that's fair, but that's that's a fixture list for you. Uh, I mean, Chris sat at Griffin Park in in April when uh, Brentford dismantled Derby. Mm. You know, four 0 could have been more. Derby was shocking that day. Uh, clearly, Guy Rowett in his pre-match uh, messages knew what Brentford are capable of. I think he set up. To, to, to prevent that happening again and it was never going to happen again you could sell right from the off and and they went a goal up after 15 minutes and really I just thought that next 15-20 minutes 
if they could have pushed on again, they could have finished the game, I thought, as far as getting another goal. I think Brentford were a little delicate at that moment. I still don't think they've won at home, Brentford, this season. So they're a little delicate at that moment. But instead, they allowed themselves to be pushed back. And Brentford can do that to you. They, they play a certain type of game where they, they pick pockets of space and the movement's good, and suddenly you, you're pinned in your own half and you can't get out. And, and Derby couldn't get out of their half. The possession stats at, at half-time were 83-17 in Brentford's, Brentford's favour. I'm not sure I've seen that in a Championship game before. Probably last time I saw that, I was watching Barcelona mm. or something. Uh, so they, they, they were stuck and they got themselves stuck. Uh, again, I wondered whether a change at half-time, maybe... And, and I know Gary Rowe, I spoke to him after Cardiff, he, he, he was thinking about Chris Martin then as, as a sub, so we could try and get further up the pitch. Uh, they couldn't, they didn't, uh, and Brentford just camped in, in, in Derby's half. What I will say is that Derby had two or three opportunities when they did get out where more care with the ball, uh, more quality with the ball, might have got that second goal. Uh but then, just as I had my intro written, uh, Brentford popped up four minutes from the end of normal time and, and equalised. And then, and then they nearly won it. You know, some lad did a shot. Can't remember who it was, but whistled past the post because I thought well, that could go in. Uh, so they, they they got out of it with a point, uh, but it wasn't a good performance. Intro written at eighty six minutes. That's brave, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, it is at one nil anyway because <laughs> yeah. it never works. So, uh, but no. Uh, yeah, it it was a, it was a strange it was a strange performance, and mm. even though it was an away point, I always say that you know we should never uh, argue too much with a point on the road. Uh, it didn't seem to appease many of the, many of the fans, uh, and again, that's on the back of other results, isn't it? But mm. but at least they they stopped that rot of three consecutive away defeats. Yeah, and just on that possession that you, you sort of spoke about, a lot of fans in the aftermath were pretty unhappy. With that, and I mean, there was stats being thrown around about the, you know, it's four games under Gary Rapp that they've had least possession in in the past X amount of years, but they haven't actually lost any of those games. No. So I mean, this whole possession thing that people are going on about, I mean, do, do, do you buy no, it? No, you don't. I, I buy the result. Yeah. I really do. The result is everything. I know people talk about performance and the ways of winning. Win the game first. That's what's important. We, me and Chris have sat through Steve McLaren's teams of bossing uh, possession. Doesn't always mean a win. Uh, against Hull City when Derby won 5-0, Hull City had the majority of possession. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us? Cardiff, as, as, we, as we spoke about on Saturday, I think in one, one of the 11 league games, they've had most possession. Only in one, and yet the top of the league. And the stats, I think, can, can be a bit misleading because there's different types of possession. Mm-hmm. If you're passing it from one side to the other in your, in your own half, that's not hurting the opposition. All right, you have got the ball, but you know it's not the same as a, an incisive pass um, or, a, or a great cross uh, into the box from out wide. And I mean, you know, Leicester won the Premier League with, with less possession in, I'd say, probably every game mm. that they played in. But they were still good to watch at times yes. because of the way that they counter-attacked because of the yeah. way they attacked. Um, and Gary Rout is obviously trying to do everything he can to sort of turn the club's fortunes around on a consistent basis, get them on a consistent footing. This is, this is the way he's chosen to do it. 
and as you say something had to change after the after the, the Sheffield United Bristol City away matches um, so he has picked up a couple of points on the road could by the sounds of it could have been more so I think you've probably got to you've got to give that a bit of yeah. time I think yeah I mean don't forget you know if you're the away team and the home team are passing the ball across the back four you'll let them do it mm. because there's no point chasing after it you know so possession is is false at times of course you want to control the whole football match and win the game but you'll find that uh, there are many wins in in the division uh, where the team that's won, that wins the game doesn't have the majority of possession so uh, I'm all, I mean we, we, let's win the game mm-hmm. and if we win the game playing well that's fantastic but I'd rather win the game first mm-hmm. OK so we've now got another international break upon us uh, it's always a time for people to sort of reflect and, and look back at you know, previous games or, or the season as a whole. So that's what we're going to do now. So I'm going to ask you both. And I want honest answers here, please. Uh, for once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have you made of Derby County season so far? Who uh, wants to go first? Go on, you go first, Chris. All right, I'll go first. Um, I think I think most people, most fans would probably be a bit disappointed. I think that's fair to say, because they probably would have would have liked to have been in the top six or just outside the top six at this point, um, and with kind of reason to be encouraged going into the next part of the season. As it is, I mean, it's still early days. They're not out of it by any stretch, but obviously they're they're in the they're in the sort of wrong half of the table for them um, and obviously so some fans are not that impressed with the performances um, we've seen one or two that have been very good, obviously the whole, the whole one sticks out by a mile really um, and other performances that, that clearly haven't been good enough and that, which brings you back to the whole thing about inconsistency and we've talked about selection team selection and that's another thing you want. You want consistency in team selection. You want consistency in performances and results, ideally. Um, but as we always say in this division, you know, it, it could it can take one result to kind of kick you off on a on a great run. That hasn't happened with Derby. We thought it might happen with the whole one, but you never know. Maybe a, a good win against Forest, or in fact, any kind of win against Forest, could be could be the catalyst. Um, so, but I think they'll be looking. They'll be certainly looking up, looking for a bit of for a bit of an improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, consistency is the thing, and it's and it's not easy to find. We we do talk about consistency a lot, and throw the word around quite quite easily. Uh, when actually, we're in a division where where it's very difficult to win a match because it's so even. You know, you are going to get teams winning different games. So, actually, finding that consistency is not easy. I think. Uh, I think the results on the whole have been disappointing. I think Chris is absolutely spot on. I think Derby would have expected, even in this early table, and it's still very early, I always say I don't really look at it till 15 games, 12 to 15 games at the table, because uh, that's when it really starts settling down. Uh, but they would have expected to be higher uh, with more points. Uh, but I did a bit of research, actually, and which is unusual for me, uh, <laughs> Before you, I, I thought you were going to have to see. I, no, I, I jumped in there. Just oh, no, I was letting you have your say. I got my retaliation in first. Uh, but in the last ten seasons in the championship, 
after 10 games, the average number of points for Derby is 14. Well, they've got 13. The average number of wins from 10 games is 3. Well, they've got 3. But surely you'd say they need to be above that because they haven't succeeded well, in the past. Well, all I'm saying is that it's not unusual. It's not unusual, mm. you know. Uh, and there's room for improvement, massive room for improvement. I think... It was always going to take Gary Rowett longer than maybe some people thought to sort things out, and he's still got things to sort out. Uh, I don't think one summer is long enough for him, or was never going to be long enough for him to sort those things out. Uh, yes, some people will say he had nine games at the end of last season. He did, and he had a good look at things. Uh, but actually sorting them out, you can't do anything mm. until the end of the season. So I think there's a lot of work to do. And I know managers will be judged on results. That that never goes away. It's, it can be harsh sometimes, but that's reality in the modern game. They're judged on results. Uh, I still think he needs time. Time is something that, that managers don't get, but I think I think he does. Uh, but as I say, I think 15 games is always a, a, a good period. And when you look at the next few games... See, I thought Derby had a favourable start to the season with fixtures. It looked that way to me. Uh, but they've had some bad results in, in what I consider to be those favourable fixtures. Now they've got a, a run of Forest, a Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich, Leeds in the month of October. Uh, they look tough. But having said that, you take the Cardiff thing into play and it might be that they're the types of games, as Chris says, it might be they're the types of games that Derby need. You know, and it might be just one or two results in those types of games are exactly what they need. And next minute, you know, we could be could be talking about them going on a run. So I think that that's the thing for me uh, is, is is going on some kind of unbeaten run. You might not win every game, but if you go if you kind of not losing is the key. Because at the moment, what's been happening? They've been winning, and then they've been knocked back. Well, you know, if you're going to do that, you're going to bob around. Be, uh, mid-table or below which is basically where they are just below mid-table and, and that's going to happen so until you can start stringing some some positive results together then, then you know, fans aren't really going to be pleased with it mm-hmm. OK, next one who have you been most impressed with so far this season? It is a tough question actually uh, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I mean I think we've We've said that the centre back pairing yeah. have not done an awful lot wrong. Careful, that be fair to say. careful, careful mentioning Richard Keane. Yeah, you have to get your tin you out. Have on. to borrow any guys' tin out. Yeah. It's difficult because obviously the stats show that, that, that there have been goal, goals conceded, but I would argue that Curtis Davis seems to have settled in quite well. Um, and Richard Keogh is, you know, he's obviously been an ever-present member of the team. Richard, Richard, apart from block, yeah, apart from maybe one or two, mm. one or two moments, which he does have, and and, and if we analyse all defenders, yeah. they do have, not just Richard Keogh. You know, uh, apart from one or two moments, I think he's, I think he's done okay. Mm-hmm. He's always going to have this, this this baggage with him, unfortunately. If, if, of, of some fans just just don't seem to don't seem to have him at the moment, uh, but at the moment. The rich, as, rich, as Chris said, Richard Keogh and Curtis Davis is the number one centre back partnership. Mm. I feel a little bit for Alex Pierce, you know, because I think he hasn't really let anybody down when he's played, and he and he's such a good pro that he he'll be ready and, 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 and ready to step in. 
but at the moment Keogh and Davis are, are the first choice centre backs yeah. I, I mean I think apart from that there's been so so much chopping and changing it's hard for mm. anyone else to really stake a claim in terms of you know the best players so far because I mean for, for a while you know Vidra impressed but he's kind of been in and out and that go, the same goes for a, a couple of others um, I mean Brad, Bradley Johnson's probably been one of the better players mm. uh, Tom Huddleston's come in and we've seen the kind of passing range he's got which we knew uh, but at the same time there have been times when he's when he's struggled in a, in a couple of games as well um, I'm interested to see what, what more there is to come from Tom Lawrence because uh, obviously he's still just kind of finding his feet a bit at Derby mm. um, but I mean if he you know if he gets into gear and, and, and has another season like he did with Ipswich last season then he, he could uh, he could be one of the, the shining lights, couldn't he? Yeah, I think I think it's that thing, isn't it? There's too many players uh, in the first ten games who haven't been able to follow up a good performance with another good performance. Mm. You know, one minute Vyman I think was looked electric against Preston at home. You know, went to Bolton, he barely got a kick. You know, and and he's not alone. Vidra, as Chris says, has always looked good, and then suddenly against Birmingham. He, Again, he, he struggled. Dave Nugent as well. Dave yeah. done the same. Uh, so the, the, there's lots of those players. Tom Huddleston, good things, and then and then struggled. So too many, too many of those players at the moment. We talked about the team trying to find a, a, a good solid run. Players have to do that as well. You know, they they they've got to put some consistency into their performances. Uh, but Tom Lawrence is the interesting one for me. He looks a fraction away from really taking off, uh, but he hasn't quite. And he's clearly a threat. He looks better on the left than he does on the right. Uh, I'm just waiting for him. I think he needs a, a goal. I really think he needs a goal. I know it's not a huge amount of games he's played, but he looks to me like one might spark him. Mm. And I'm just waiting for him to drop his shoulder onto his right and, and smash one in, you know, and uh, maybe against Forrest. Never know. You, you may have sort of both answered this in, in my next one, but I was going to say uh, on the on the flip side of who's impressed you most is most. Is there anyone who you'd have liked to have seen a little bit more from so far this season? Well, I think I think I think I think Tom Tom Huddleston arrived at the club. Everyone knows what a quality footballer he is. But I always said right from the start, he can only be a quality footballer if, if the team is balanced, uh, and that's the same with most players. So I, I think there's more to come from Tom. Uh, I don't think he'd disagree with that. Uh, I think he can affect the game more. Uh, so that, that's that's interesting. Uh, left back position is a bit of a struggle still at the moment. You know, uh, we've got two pretty different left backs. I feel mm, yeah. we've got we've got Craig Forsyth, who, who's a stronger defender than Marcus Olsen, and still actually doesn't do bad going forward. And then you got Marcus quicker, you know, gets forward more, but then his quality in the final third lets him down. So I think the left back there's a bit of an issue there. I think that the battle for that isn't isn't decided yet. And you know, I also think, as we said, the front players have got to be more consistent. Nugent, uh, uh, Vidra, you know, Vyman, they've, they've got to be more consistent than they are. Johnny Russell came back into the team at Cardiff. Uh, but again, it's the same thing with Johnny. You know, works hard. Did okay, actually. I thought at Cardiff first half, uh, without actually doing anything, mm-hmm. but actually did okay. 
Uh, but again, with Johnny, it's that consistency, it's that end product. You know, can he produce that? Can he get those goals? So there's lot, there's lots of question marks over too many players, and that's why the team is is where it's at at the moment. You know, because to be a successful team, you've got to look at the team and say, well, I'll tell you what, he, he's a seven out of ten every week. He's a seven out of ten every week. So is he. So is he. And at the moment, well, I know this because I have to do the marks. They do tend to fluctuate between sevens and fives, and if you're doing that. You know that's why you, that's why you're inconsistent. Seven, that's quite generous for you, isn't it? <laughs> it is quite generous, and some and some fans it would be very generous. Uh, I get criticised for being over generous sometimes. You know, they'd uh, score you a six with them. I think they'd score me less than a six. Well, there's one or two fans out there who would score me a zero. <laughs> Not mentioning any names. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris agrees with what. Yeah, I, I mean, I've not really got much else to add to what Steve said. It's just, it's just the inconsistencies really um, that have been slightly disappointing. I mean, I mean, someone like Vidra. I mean, I'm not, I'm not having a go at him because at times he's looked what he's looked Derby's best mm. player. But it's that frustration of mm. when he's had a good performance, you sort of think, well, wow, is this going to be a season where he goes and scores 25 goals? You know, and then the next, the next game, you think, well, maybe not. And it's just they've just got to find, and of course it's not his fault if he if he's suddenly not in the team. Well, maybe it is his fault if he's not in the team. But what I mean is, if he's in and out of the team, then you're not going to get that run, are you? Mm. Um, so you just yeah, you, you just want them to find a, a settled eleven that can maybe sort of get a run together and really sort of um, stamp their authority mm. on the season a bit, really. Yeah, Andre Wisdom has been consistent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was decent again up to, yeah, at Cardiff. Solid, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, he he's been one of them who've been hovering around seven out of ten. Uh, I still want to see a bit more from him, if possible. Uh, now and again, he gets caught defensively, uh, positional wise. Uh, but I think he's been, you know, he, he has been consistent. But I say Curtis Davis. I was very impressed with him at Cardiff mm. Curtis I thought he showed uh, that, that he's a good player what was interesting afterwards I think he said he preferred that type of game he did, when he yeah. was up against he uh, a big centre forward than he does with the uh, with maybe the Bristol City or Brentford style little, little turns pockets yeah. of space uh, angled runs running in behind uh, those types of things, I think that's what he doesn't particularly like that. So let's, let's hope there's no opposition managers listening. Yeah, they all listen. They all <laughs> yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah, they should listen as well. Uh, but so. uh, no, he he, he's, he impressed me at the weekend. But I think I say Andre Wisdom's also been. Consistent. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I should have probably mentioned him in the first the first one because obviously he went out of the team when he was ill and Chris mm. Baird came yes. in briefly and did and yeah. okay. Um, but in the games that he's played, yeah, mm. he's been uh, he's been. Pretty I think good. fans also enjoy Andre because he he does just barge yeah. players off the ball, kind of swats them away, yeah. which I think fans quite like actually. They do well in in a game now where it seems like it's turning into a non-contact. Exactly, sport. It's it's nice there's been one or two players took a tumble yeah, when yeah. they run into uh, Andre this season already. <laughs> Scott Carson solid as well. Yeah, I think, I think he has been, and strangely, he hasn't had a massive amount to do. Massive yeah. amount. I mean, Brentford had. All that possession the other night, and I think he made one save. I think he only made one save Cardiff, at Cardiff, didn't he? So, in a strange way, you know, I, th- I think I think Scott's the least of, of the team's problems. Uh, yeah, mm. I was going to say I that. Like, I, mean, yeah. I mean, he was obviously clearly player of the year mm. last season. 
he had his aberration at, at Sheffield United, yeah. which happens with goalkeepers at times. Yeah. But yeah, other, other than that, nothing's really yeah. stood out. He's been steady. Mm. Mm. In the international break as well, massive game between uh, Wales and the Republic of Ireland in terms of World Cup qualifying. Obviously, could see. Joe Ledley and Tom Lawrence up against their old Derby County mate, Richard Keogh. Yeah, I spoke to Joe Ledley about Wales, and it's quite clearly very important to him. Mm. Very important to him. And, and when he spoke, he, you could feel this, what they, I think, have the slogans, it's stronger together, whatever. You, yes. you could feel there's a, a real closeness of that Welsh group, uh, that Welsh squad. Uh, so that's going to be a, a fascinating game. Obviously, mm. they've got games to, to deal with before that I think Wales are in Georgia which won't be easy I think they drew at home to Georgia I think so, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. and Georgia yeah, played yeah. well actually uh, so that's going to be a tricky tricky game Republic are at home to Moldova you'd expect to win it I think, I think that will put Republic above Wales going into that final game yeah. huge game uh, be interesting to see although we might not see each other actually between now and then uh, Ledley and Lawrence and Richard Keogh, but they probably won't too see, see too much of each other before then. But uh, no, that that'll be interesting. Tom Lawrence, I think, started the he most started the previous two. Yeah, previous two, um, so so I mean, that's a good signs for him. I think Joe Ledley was in the squad. He didn't feature, mm, no. um, but I think you know, as, as when when he joined Derby, Gary Wright was saying, you know, he felt and and the Welsh medical team felt he was certainly fit enough. And I think if. You know, if Chris Coleman's got the assurances that he's fit enough and, and having played a couple of games for Derby, I, I guess he would come right back into the reckoning. Well, he, he, as I say, he, obviously he broke his leg before the Euros and made that miracle recovery. Mm. And I think he said to me he was on the bench for the first game in the finals, your fans, but then he got his place yeah. and he became a key player. So, you know, if you're going to somewhere like Georgia and you wanted a solid base from which to spring your attacks, yeah. it would make sense. And if you're at home to the Republic and you're in a good position, you know, going into the game, or, 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 or again, you want to spring your attacks from a solid base, because they've got people like Bale and people like even Tom Lawrence, mm. it would allow those type of players to do that. You know, Aaron Ramsey, they can, they can do those things with the knowledge that someone like Joe would be sat, and especially the experience he must have at, at international mm. level. So, yeah, it, 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 it's going to be interesting, and uh, it, it should be a fascinating Monday yeah, a game on, on that Monday night. Do you think it makes any difference, you know, when you're coming up against players that you play your club football with? So, i.e., you know, Joe Dunning and Tom Lawrence, will they be saying to their Welsh teammates, look, we know Richard Keogh isn't the best at this? Do you think sort of that plays a, a part in anything? I, I think, uh, to, to be honest, if I was an international manager, I'd like to think I knew anyway. Yeah. So if if if, if Richard Keogh or whoever else was with the island centre-backs, I would like to think I knew enough about both where I thought their weaknesses may be. So that I wouldn't really need to ask mm. a teammate about that. Uh, it, it, it will go on. We had the conversation, I asked Gary Rowett that, about uh, Craig Bryson and Cardiff. Yeah. I said, would, would Neil Warnock pull Craig Bryson to one side? and go on, tell me all the secrets. You know, Where are they weak? It may, well, he may well have done, but I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters at all. I think Cardiff should know where Derby might be weak or, and, and Derby should know where Cardiff's weaknesses are. Mm. That's all part of the game. That's all part of your knowledge. That's all part of having a scouting system as well. Uh, so I, I, can, I can see it goes on, but I, I really don't think it has an effect. 
And all I was going to say is that, of course, Keogh didn't didn't play in the last qualifiers, yeah. did he? So yeah. he, he was on the bench. Yeah. Obviously, you know whether whether Martin O'Neill makes changes to that to that back four, I don't know. But um, but yeah, he, he didn't fit for that. So. Well, Warnock did say before the Cardiff derby game he thought that uh, Martin O'Neill might be watching Richard yes. and, and if he did watch Richard Keogh on Saturday, then. I'm sure he could certainly come into contention for. I think for I think Martin again. Martin O'Neill will know if he has to call on Richard Keogh what what he'll get. Mm. Again, it's about knowing your squad. It's about knowing your players. And uh, I think Martin O'Neill will be fully aware of what of what players can offer him. Uh, whether Richard starts or not, I don't know. I was. He doesn't seem to be the first choice at centre back mm. for them. Not so the no. What what be interesting to me? I'm going to be fascinated. Is I, I want to see Lawrence again because you know I'm, I say I'm just waiting for him something mm-hmm. something to happen from him. It looks like he's on the verge of something happening, and uh, that that'll be interesting. But it will also be fascinating if Ledley actually starts. And then after the international break, we won't get too far ahead. But uh, just the small matter of Nottingham Forest at home. Mm. Yeah, another one. Uh, Derby, you know, it goes without saying Derby haven't won a game in five, so they need to win a game soon. Perfect one to win. It would be, It'd be the worst one to lose as well. By mm. the way, so it's a it's a bit of you know it can it can go either way. Uh, apart from apart from the five nil one, when Derby beat Forest five nil, Bryson scored a hat trick. They've usually been quite tight here, the games, and uh, I. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I haven't seen too much of Forest, mm. you know, uh, so far. But they had a good win against Sheffield United, so that's good for them. They're above Derby, I think, in the table. Uh, so yeah, it, it's one of those games. That it, it won't be a good one to lose. Mm. It won't be a good one to lose. But as Chris said earlier, it might just be one of those. If you win and you win well, it might just be that type of game that that gives you that spark to to push on. Mm. I think, regardless of the fact that they're playing Forest, I think Derby really need a result. Then, mm. having got yeah. three wins in a row, as we've talked about, not not being beaten, but you have to back that up yeah. with 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 a win, yeah. especially in your home games. Yeah. So, regardless of the fact it's Forest, I mean, they, they, they really need a win, and and obviously, if they could do it against their rivals, then that would just give them a tiny boost. But as Steve said, you know, Forest had a good result; they would. They went one 0 down early on mm. against Sheffield United, and they'd lost. I think they'd lost the previous four games. Yeah. Turned it round to win two one. So that will, you know, they'll come into they'll come into the derby game. Yeah. Um, probably and, look, and looking at both teams, I think there's going to be a lot of players who haven't tasted this game before, yeah. which actually might help the fixture in a strange way, yeah. because if, if you're not got all that. Uh, baggage of previous fixtures and all that mm. on your shows, and we might see you know it's a slightly different game. But you know, I'm thinking of uh, Murphy up front for Forest House won't won't have tasted it. Cummings won't have mm. tasted it. The young lad that got on loan from Everton won't have tasted it. Then at the Derby end, you know, you've got players who, who you know Tom Lawrence, you know Winnell, Ledley, uh, Ledley Davis. you know Curtis yeah. Davis, you know. So it, that's an interesting mm. mix of first timers, if you like. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's always fascinating, and uh, and once we get the first fifteen minutes out of the way, we can then put the ball on, and and and, and then <laughs> uh, and, and then we get in football. Yeah, because the first fifteen minutes, the the ball almost is a secondary thing because it's, it's such a 
a whirlwind pace and everyone's you know screaming and shouting and it, it, it's, it's a little bit chaotic and then finally some kind of pattern hopefully emerges and uh, but no it's it's I think people from outside of Derby and Nottingham don't quite realize how fiercely contested it is mm. and 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 I remember Billy Davis saying that, that he was a bit surprised about the fierceness of the of the rivalry uh, and it's slightly different because it's, it's they're not from the same city and I think that probably just adds a bit more edge to it for some reason they're, they're from cities quite close to each other and for some reason that just adds an extra spike a bit of spice to it and uh, they say they are fiercely competitive well plenty more sort of forest build up to come over the next week or so uh, gentlemen anything else that you wanted to uh, to add no, no. Is this, no. this is your time to have not, a dig now, so. because there's, when there's, I ask this, the, you normally the, do. There's no predictions to make, is there, other than the fact I got the no, Cardiff uh, one right? Uh, Wales, Republic of Ireland, go on then. I think you need to know I, what happened in the yeah, previous game. That's a very difficult question that. to answer that. Come you know, on. What, what, if, what if Wales, what if one of them win and the other one loses? It changes the game completely. I feel that, in a very general part, I feel Wales have got the momentum a bit. Mm. They, they, they seem to be hitting form at the right time. I just think the Georgia game's a tricky one. It is. And for a Wales. A lot of pressure on that, yeah, on that game. Wales, I but yeah, I, th- I think if it comes down to that game in Cardiff, yeah. for uh, Wales against Ireland, you think, I think, you think Wales, Wales will win yeah. the game? Tom Lawrence hat trick. Well, that would Joe be nice, Ledley. yeah, because it would give us something to write about. <laughs> Joel Edward IV and then a, his celebration, which I did ask him about after Brentford. Uh, he gave a bit of a celebration. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't quite work out what was going on, and I'm not sure he could. He actually, For those of you yeah, listening, Johnny was just uh, yeah, imitating the strut. Imitating some kind yeah. of strut, poorly, <laughs> poor imitation. Uh, did a half-hearted attempt. But I, I did ask him about that, and he, he kind of, he actually said, to be honest, I, I don't know what what I was doing. He didn't know what he was doing. He thought he had to. He, yeah, he doesn't. He, he, he just said. He just said he thought he had to do something. So I mean, it's back to the kind of shake hands and return to the centre circle, isn't it? Not he should. Again. He should actually have done that. At least he didn't whip his top off. He didn't whip his yeah. top off. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. Right then, chaps. Thank you very much for your company. Always that pleasure. Uh, we'll be back next week for plenty of forest build up uh, and a look back to. Hopefully a, a Joe Ladley hat-trick or a Tom Lawrence hat-trick, maybe. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with all the Rams news and views on our website, www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, and we're on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. We'll see you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>